the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Indian Empire, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And we see every day the need for people to uh, step up and fulfill the obligations of that most important political office. Uh, we just came off a great uh, Unite IE conference last weekend. It was a great success. And, uh, many people said that it was the best one ever. And the speakers were great. In particular, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs really stands out. Uh, Stephen Moore, the economist, was also very good. Uh, and, you can, and if you didn't, if you weren't there, uh, you can still find if you go to YouTube and search for Unite IE Conference 2023, the conference video is already posted. Uh, Joseph Sorban said that liberalism is really piecemeal socialism. And socialism always attacks three basic social institutions, religion, the family, and private property. Religion because it offers a rival authority to the state. The family because it means a rival loyalty to the state. And property because it means material independence of the state. And we are pleased today to welcome back to the show Brad Dacus, who is the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, who is heavily, and they are heavily involved in defending those first two the rights to religion, and defending the family from an increasingly overbearing and intrusive state, both the state of California as well as uh, the federal government. The Pacific Justice Institute, you can find them at pacificjustice.org, is a 501c3 legal defense organization uh, specializing, as I said, in the defense of religious freedom, parental rights, and other civil civil liberties. They work for free. They uh, raise their money elsewhere, but they never charge their clients for their legal representation. And they, uh, the Pacific Justice is on the cutting edge of litigation and defense of those most key rights. Welcome. And by the way, Brad was just at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots this past Thursday night and as always gave a, uh, a great presentation. Uh, welcome to the show, Brad. Oh, thank you. It's uh, great to be on the program. I appreciate it. Yeah. And... Uh, you look around, I mean, it, some people say it's crazy what's going on, and there are certainly crazies involved on in what's going on, but the attacks on religion, the family, the ideas that are uh, prevalent that girls can become boys and boys can become girls just with taking some drugs and some surgery, and you can, you can change your gender. Uh, and, this is, and that's just one example. But it's evil. And we'll dive into some of your cases, but we'll start there. What's going Evil is on the march. Yeah. And for those of us that are, and those that are religiously inclined, we know the ultimate source of that evil. Yeah, uh, you're right. Evil is um, increasing. Uh, it's dramatic. It's shocking, I think, to the average person out there. Uh, when they realize uh, what's taking place and the, the evil that we see in our our society, especially when it deals with children and undermining the rights of parents uh, and their children. You know, for example, uh, you know, the uh, state of uh, Minnesota is, is pending legislation right now, a bill that would give protection to pedophiles and protect them from uh, any kind of uh, discrimination, 
uh, gives them category of, of sexual orientation for all their civil rights statutes passed because of uh, se- uh, sexual orientation in the state of Minnesota. Uh, it hasn't become law yet, but just the idea, the fact that they would codify something that is so evil and so harmful uh, to children is, is concerning. In the state of, of California, you know, we've already passed a law, the kidnapper protection uh, legislation, which uh, will uh, basically let a kidnapper go off scot-free. If they've kidnapped a child from another state and say Texas, and they brought them to, uh, to California and they kidnapped them, they don't, that is they don't have legal lawful authority to have uh, the child, to have custody of the child. Uh, and if they take them to California, if, and if the purpose was is to have parts of their, their sexual organs cut off and injected with hormones, oh, that's okay, then they're off scot-free. That is how, that's evil, outright evil. Um, and we, we see that so prevalent uh, in, uh, now it's also spreading in the state of Washington. There's legislation similar to that. Um, and then we even have legislation pending in California that would allow uh, a school counselor, after talking to a child, and the child you know, says that, uh, that they think that they're the opposite gender or they have gender confu- identity confusion or dysphoria, then this, this counselor can just take the child away from the parents without a prior hearing, uh, without a judge's warrant, can take the child and put the child in an alternative uh, place uh, without the parents having access to the child. That's, yes. that's dangerous. Oh, it is. And we went to that. You're referring the latter one to AB 665, which should be called AB 666. Right. But, uh, they, they missed, they missed by, by, by one number. And you're, you're absolutely right. Is they, it lets a 12 year old or older consent to mental health treatment with no parental knowledge or consent required. So in the first instance, you just, you let some stranger have access to your children's mind and emotions to manipulate them. You have no idea who this person is. What they're doing, but you, but among the and the law expressly says this. The bill says this that the permissible forms of mental health treatment include a residential care facility. So you convince your twelve year, you know, the, the guidance counselor, the purple hair and body piercings, convinces your twelve year old. No, your mommy and dad, they 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 don't really love you. They don't really understand you, do you? Wouldn't you be much happier in a home with children like yourself? I mean, by the way, there's no bedtime. You can eat whatever you want to. You can watch whatever you want to. And you don't have to do your homework. Wouldn't you be much happier there? And the child says, yes, they're gone. So under this bill, right, that's already passed the state assembly. It's in the state senate now. You could send your child to school in the morning and your child never comes home again. Yeah, it's, it's that real. It's that cut and dry. Uh, and, you know, frankly, uh, you know, it's, it just, it's just another reason why I think we're going to have more people leaving the state of California in particular, leaving California public schools and uh, searching to do a homeschool co-ops or private schooling or something else, because the risk, the real risk of harm is significant in public schools already, uh, this can make it even more significant. You know, when I was testifying recently in the state of Texas, so the state capital, Austin, uh, Texas, uh, there was, uh, I was testifying uh, in favor of a legislation that would allow school districts to allow chaplains to come on their school campuses. And uh, the people who are opposed to it was a radical LGBTQ. And that one of the, they just had a few people show up and they had their, all their rainbow stuff on. Uh, but one person in particular who testified uh, is a, a transgender. Uh, it's a man. You can tell by looking at him, it's a man. Uh, but he's been taking lots of uh, you know hormone shots, and he dressed up like a woman, and he probably sees himself as a woman. He has that confusion, dysphoria. But he went up to testify against the legislation to allow chaplains in. And you know what he said? He said, he says, I'm a school counselor, and I'm trained to really provide for the real needs of the child. Uh, chaplains are not. They can be very dangerous and hazardous to children. They don't know. They're not trained like I am. I know what, how to, you know. And I was just listening to this thinking, oh, shoot. Uh, and I was looking at the legislators in, te- in Texas uh, at the committee hearing. And mind you, it's a different bunch in Texas than it is in California. Uh, very level-headed, 
you know, mainline people, you know, uh, reasonable people, moms and dads sitting on that school board, on that uh, education board uh, for the uh, state senate. And they said, uh, they got to see the horror on their face thinking, oh, shoot. Yeah, you know, yes, we need to have chaplains because this is the kind of garbage that our children are being pushed in by people like that that are already uh, confused, have dysphoria, have this mental condition, and uh, are allowed even in the state of Texas to counsel kids. So uh, public schools are very dangerous uh, in many, so many different ways now that uh, parents should definitely be looking at other options. Absolutely. And if you go to, if you go to find libs of, tic, libs of TikTok, which is basically videos of oftentimes teachers or counselors just talking in their own words. And the idea that you were, that, that these people should be allowed anywhere near a child. Um, because if, if these kind of people came up to, you, to a child in the park and started talking about these things, about sex explicitly, they could be arrested. But if they're a teacher... Are there a guidance counselor? That's okay, and you are totally right. Is if is if is if if you if you love God, if you love America, if you love your children for so many reasons, you need to get your children out of the government-run schools now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. In fact, uh, people may be listening to this uh, from another state outside of California. Uh, and you may say, well, you know, my kids are safe in public schools. Uh, they may not realize, or in a public library, they may not realize that, uh, you know, with the exception of just a, a handful of states, uh, most states across the country actually um, allow teachers and libraries to give children information, materials, pictures that otherwise would be criminally uh, prosecutable as a felony if anyone else did. Uh, but if there's this big, broad exemption, if it's for, quote, educational purposes, then uh, this material that would otherwise be deemed to be uh, inappropriate, harmful, maybe even obscene, uh, is somehow protected. Uh, and so we have our public school teachers, uh, many of whom are very uh, bowed the knee to the, the LGBTQ radical movement, uh, public school districts, the teachers union, and of course many public libraries, as a general rule, have have also uh, given into this crazy ideology of letting little children be exposed to all kinds of things that normally would be criminally prosecutable, uh, had not been, as, but for this exemption that it presently exists in most states across the country, uh, including California and the state of Texas as well. Let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of United America Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then, when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots, Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Very pleased to have on the show this week Brad Dacus, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, who defends uh, religious freedom and families and children and parental rights, and they will re represent their clients for free in the cases that they take. Uh, Sam Adams, writing to another great patriot, probably largely forgotten at this stage, at this time, said that uh, no people will tamely surrender their liberties, nor can they easily be subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. 
On the contrary, when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight and without the aid of foreign invaders. And the people that we've been talking about in our first segment uh, that are in charge of the government-run schools may not know who Sam Adams is, but they understand the truth of what Sam Adams just said. So we're talking that the, 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 the well, evil is afoot and what's happening in the schools and the libraries and sexual, the transgender movement of trying to confuse children into agreeing to having their private parts cut off. Where is the church? In all of this, how many? Where where are the pastors? We did, here locally in Redlands. A number of us have been to the school board where they have very sexually explicit books with pictures of children engaging in various sex acts. Usually, they're drawings, they're like cartoons, but they're very clear, very explicit. And there's never a pastor there. We were just at this this past week at the Redland City Council was considering whether or not to fly the so-called Pride flag over City Hall during so-called Pride Month in June. And fortunately, the uh, three out of the five members stood up to the woke mob and said no to that. But there was not a single pastor who stepped up and said, you know, you, what people, you know, the, the law shouldn't maybe shouldn't be governing what adults do in, sexually in their bedrooms, but the city should not be promoting sinful conduct. You are leading the people astray. There's not a single pastor who is willing to come down there and say that. Yeah. Those, are just, those, are just, those are just small examples. Where is the church? Yeah. Um... That is disappointing, but there, I want people to know there are uh, pastors, uh, growing numbers that do want to make a difference. We at Pacific Justice Institute have uh, a program called the Church Finds Its Voice program. It's, it's uh, headed up by uh, Pastor Peter Mord, who's full-time staff of Pacific Justice Institute, who heads up a, an office, our office in Palmdale. It's our church engagement office, and we have... Uh, made contact with about 10,000 churches, and uh, we have over 3,000 that are uh, wanting to work with us. They do uh, church, uh, uh, what do you call, voter registration Sundays. Uh, we've had, uh, in 2020, we got uh, 321 to do it. Um, in uh, 2022, before that election, we got 512 churches, roughly, to to do voter registration Sundays. Uh, bringing in thousands, um, over 10,000 the first time, uh, almost 15,000 the second time, new voters. And so we're having a, they're having a, a, an impact there. And then we're also working with the churches to recruit people to, uh, to run for office, uh, to uh, make a difference. We recruited through the churches, through our uh, Center for Public Policy at Pacific Justice Institute, we recruited um, 45 people to run for school boards, uh, 23 of which were elected. These are moms and dads, not puppets of a teacher's union, uh, tipping a number of school boards in the right direction. And uh, then we also uh, work with these churches to recruit people to be poll watchers and poll workers. And we train them uh, on how to uh, prevent uh, fraud at the elections, uh, you know, to make sure that uh, the right, you know, that, that, that the the honest person is elected. The person who actually got the most votes is elected. So these are three things that we're doing at Pacific Justice Institute to make a real difference. And then, of course, we have great resources for churches, educating them on how they can make a difference in the public schools proactively. We have a book called Reclaim Your School, which is very effective. And um, we also have other resources uh, in that book, not only model policies for school boards to adopt that churches can take and parents can take with them to the school board meetings, but also... We have um, opt-out forms for parents customized for each of the 50 states to help protect them. And, and churches and pastors can distribute this to their members, make them aware of it. Uh, it's, it's really very empowering information on our website, pji.org, pji.org. And, of course, we also have our Legal Insider newsletter where people keep up with our many cases, over 150 cases in active litigation. And I encourage them to keep their pastor uh, aware and updated as well to talk to them and say, hey, do you mind if I uh, send this to you or could you, you mind signing up just to get their their email? And uh, it's short, but it's it's keeping them updated on what's happening 
all across the country with uh, cases dealing with religious freedom, parents' rights, and the sanctity of human life. Sure. Okay. And those voter registration, that's, that's a good thing. And uh, keeping your, you know, letting be able to salt and light ministry at your church and give us some information on that. That's, that's all good stuff. But I think wholly inadequate to the moment. I agree. And you, as you've said, and I've, and I've repeated it many times, is that churches actually have a gr- lot of leeway in what they do. That they and maybe just an excuse or maybe misunderstanding that well we can't get involved in politics we'll lose the Johnson Amendment we'll lose our five hundred one c three but you pointed out that not a single church ever 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 has lost five hundred one c three status for favoring or opposing legislation. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's, that's never happened. The reason is because uh, that uh, you know the, the there's only a. Uh, you know, churches can can be actively involved. They can endorse legislation. They can push for legislation. They can promote legislation or proposition, like Proposition Eight, for example, is a classic example of this. Uh, they can do that so long as they don't use a substantial portion of their total resources, uh, their 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 space at their church, uh, their finances, uh, their their hours that they put in with their employees. They can't use a substantial portion of all their total resources. Uh, simply to push and advocate or to lobby for legislation. Well, no church even gets gets close to using a substantial portion of their total resources. Substantial being anywhere between five or fifteen percent. Uh, you know, uh, there's different case law on that. But so, bottom line, churches can can be outspoken. They need to be a voice, um, not because they uh, it's to be political to be political. It's about their testimony. You know, uh, Greg, when I talk to churches. And, uh, you know, when I talk to groups of pastors, uh, we, uh, you know, we have sometimes we have groups of pastor gatherings. We make it very clear to the pastors that this is a, um, you know, this really is a, is a question of the testimony of the church. That is, does it have a real love? If a church is truly filled with the love of Christ, they're going to care about people other than themselves. They're going to care about people outside their church walls. And if they truly care about people outside the church walls, they're going to vote because voting impacts uh, people outside their church walls as well as people inside the church walls. It's a statement of whether or not they really care, whether or not their love is real. Um, and I think for that alone, totally separate from outcome and results, that alone should be compelling. And that's the message that we communicate to pastors that we think is actually very effective in getting them to do voter registration Sundays, um, exhorting their members to be open about running for office, and uh, even assisting in, in trying to Fetter, who might be a good candidate in, on a school board, et cetera. Yeah. It's a couple of examples of what can happen. Yes. Pastor Tim Thompson, you probably know Pastor Tim from, from Marietta, Temecula. Uh, in the last election, he formed a, a, a political action committee outside of his church, and they raised money. They recruited school board candidates. They trained them. They backed them. And they won five out of seven races. And they could have won six, except there was another kind of conservative candidate that was running in that race wouldn't drop out. So they split the vote and the the teacher union candidate got in. So there's a good example of what you can do. And pastor, and it's, it's the pastors like Tim Thompson and Pastor Jack Hibbs and others, the ones that are, that are, that bring your faith into your role as a citizen are generally, they're the ones that are doing the best at putting people in the pews. And the other example was local, also local, was Dan Carroll of Water of Life in Fontana. I don't know if you, if you, if you know Pastor Dan. But there was a few years ago, there was a bill against conversion therapy that in its broadest form would ban sales of the Bible. So he spoke about it in Sunday sermon, urged his parishioners to contact a local assembly member. They did. She got three, about three, two or 3,000 calls that week reported it to the then speaker. They pulled the bill, amended it later, but ultimately the bill didn't pass one pastor and two or 3,000 calls. Now, imagine if you had 100 pastors around California who would do the same thing on AB 665. This, and explained how evil it is, that it's contrary to the Bible, and I'd like you to go out this next week, and there's information in the lobby about who your state senator is, and give your state senator a call politely, but tell them that you don't want them to oppose that you want them to oppose this bill. And if uh, 20, 20 Democrat state senators got five thousand calls the next week, 
I think that very well might make a difference. And uh, we'll give you, if you want to speak to that, the church activism on the other side, but we are out of time for this segment. Stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite, i.e. Radio. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then, when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Indian Empire, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. Uh, John Adams said that our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Of course, Karl Marx is famous for saying that uh, religion is the opium of the people and that socialism and communism are atheist. And hence, we see the attacks on religion and undermining of religion in this country. Very pleased this week to have Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute, and you can reach them on the web at pacificjustice.org or pji.org, and they are a nonprofit legal defense organization specializing in the defense of religious freedom, parental rights, and other civil liberties, and they do not charge their clients for their legal representation. They have offices around the country, and they're doing great work, and we're going to dive more into what their doing legally in this half, but I'll give you a chance. We uh, we were talking about the role of the church and how the church can be more effective at protecting our Judeo-Christian culture that underpins our country and civilization. If you have given anything you wanted to add to that before we dive into uh, some of your cases, feel free. Yeah, I, I just encourage people if they want to really empower their churches, uh, their, their pastors and elders to be updated, informed, uh, I encourage them to, first off, to sign up to get our Legal Insider newsletter. It's once a week. It's emailed. It's short. Uh, it's very helpful. And uh, and then also to encourage and uh, sign up your pastors and your elders of your church for them to be uh, to receive it, to be educated, updated. Uh, part of the problem is just ignorance, flat-out ignorance. And it exists, so we can do something about it so that they can be educated and aware of what's going on and can uh, apply the Word and apply the faith uh, to those issues that are impacting our lives uh, today in the United States of America. Uh, I strongly encourage that. And also want to just remind people that uh, we at PJI, we're here to help you. We don't charge for our work. We don't have another private law firm on the side here that we're going to uh, send you to if, you're, if your church is uh, of a certain size and we're going to charge you, uh, you know, under certain circumstances. Now, we are a true ministry where we defend everyone without charge. We don't just cherry pick a few high-profile cases uh, with an aspiration of going to the Supreme Court. Uh, we have cases that go to the Supreme Court, but our goal is to make sure that everyone gets help, that no one's left on the side of the road. Um, and we have more offices in California, specifically six offices, more than any other organization. Uh, I think we have the only full-time attorney, frankly, that just does uh, this work. We have a number of them, in fact, in California. Um, and, in, and also we have uh, 29 offices in 23 states across the country. So we have a powerful team of, of attorneys that meet regularly, confer with uh, with a, a wide variety of expertise uh, to help uh, and contribute to every single one of our cases uh, to make a difference. So we know we don't charge. We make sure everyone gets help. Um, I encourage you, and we and we have the, the the ground game that no other organization in the country has, particularly here in the state of California. So I 
strongly encourage you, if you know of someone needing assistance in terms of religious freedom, parents' rights, or the sanctity of human life, please don't hesitate to contact us at PJI. Or if you want to support our work financially, you can do that too. And uh, at PJI.org, P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute.org. And I would encourage that. Um, we always go to your uh, annual gala, fundraising gala in October. It's uh, always a great event. And uh, it uh, can be a little pricey, but the money is going for a good cause. And we are pleased to uh, step up and try and so try to support your good work. Thank you very much. And it's October 28th this year at the uh, JW Marriott. And we have Kaylee McEnany as our keynote speaker, former White House Press Secretary for Donald Trump. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And uh, we already have about 300 seats already sold. And uh, so it's, it's, really, it's really crazy. So if people want to reserve their tickets or sponsor a table, they can just go to our website, pji.org. And yes. we're happy to, happy to do that. So thank you for, for mentioning it. I appreciate that, Greg. We're kind of getting past the um, uh, COVID pandemic, scandemic, pandemic, whichever term is, is maybe most appropriate. But it was from the get-go, this is just unprecedented use. Well, it's an emergency. Therefore, I, the public health bureaucrat, or I, the governor, or I, the president, get to rule by decree, and we're going to, and we're going to suppress religious freedom, personal freedom, freedom of speech, um, in, in, because it's an, a public health emergency. Right. And I know that the PGAI and other organizations were pushed back on that. And looking back, kind of where do we stand now? I mean, I, I, there were a lot of cases, and the, and the results were not always consistent with each other in terms of when the government decides there's an emer- a quote emergency, unquote, what can they do to us? Can they make us take vaxes? Can they make us wear masks? Can they make us stay in our homes? Can they shut down our churches? They're going to run this again. This was so successful the first time. I think they're going to run this again. Yeah, we may see them pull this uh, again, and maybe out of political desperation to try to maintain control. Uh, that would probably be the, the death knell of our country as we know it, if they uh, were successful, and uh, again, for political purposes. Uh, if we saw you know Biden go back down to his basement and use that as, a, as an excuse not to campaign or be seen in public. Uh, but I think uh, what we need to do is first, you know, learn from the past. You know, we had, when all the churches were shut down, there was a number of groups that, you know, just, you know, sort of radically just from the hip, just filed lawsuits. We warned them. We told them, please don't do this. Please don't file these lawsuits. Um, you know, everyone shut down. It's going to be a weak case. It's going to lose. It's going to set bad case law. They didn't listen to us. So they went ahead and did so, and they lost, which set us back several months of liberating uh, the churches and synagogues in the state of California. Uh, we had a case in, in San Jose. Uh, we represented these five churches. Uh, we gave them counsel so they wouldn't have big fines and fees against them. And uh, we won. Uh, we took it all the way to the Supreme Court. We got an emergency writ, uh, which is not easy to do, but we have very keen expertise on our staff. And we got that before the Supreme Court. They ruled six to three, declaring that uh, the governor, Gavin Newsom, had to open up the churches, uh, especially uh, the San Jose area where the cases were, 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 were based. Uh, so this was really significant. And then, unfortunately, there was another church that now has a $1.2 million fine over it. And one of the reasons is because I guess maybe the counsel they received um, wasn't strong enough for them to realize that they needed a, you know, the risk that they may be, be having to, to uh, uh, wear uh, by having their church in their building versus outside while the litigation was pending. All of our churches had the, the services right outside the church with a tent to protect them from this kind of outrageous potential uh, punitive charge uh, fees over a million dollars. Uh, so I encourage churches, if they want to get legal counsel, please contact us uh, at Pacific Justice. We don't charge for work, and we're not going to give you hype. We're not going to give you false promises or assurances that could result in your church uh, potentially facing horrific uh, penalties and, and and damages that they don't need to to have to face. So we did that. And then the second tidal wave came after that big victory with the Supreme Court that we had uh, with all these people losing their jobs. And so we led the nation from the get-go on enabling and empowering people to how to keep their jobs, how to keep from being fired uh, in the, with the government sector, the private sector, 
people in the military. We have an expert in military law out of our Philadelphia office. She's right now successfully represented over 500 people in the military specifically. Uh, even amidst the, the, uh, the mandate that came down from the intolerant uh, Secretary of Defense Austin and President Biden. Um, so we've seen some great results. Uh, where we're, as far as moving forward, um, you know, science has finally kept caught up uh, with religious freedom to support it. So, you know, all, our, all we had initially was just arguing basically um, Title VII defenses that if, if you have a sincerely held religious belief, the government must reasonably accommodate it. That's what we had. And that's what we're litigating right now all across the country. But now science is on our side as well, uh, which is important because it shows that um, there's no even rational basis, much less than uh, even a burden to reasonably accommodate people who don't want to get the jab. Uh, we know conclusively, even from uh, the CDC, they acknowledge that the vaccine does not prevent transmission. It does not prevent transmission. So there's no legal justification. And what we're seeing is, is courts and judges one by one saying, wait a minute, show me the facts. And why again are you compelling employees to be vaccinated when it doesn't prevent transmission? Just because you want to control the lives, their lives? You want to be, you know, it's, it's like they're part of uh, the, these HRs out there. Uh, you know, I, I hear from them, you know, they, what they're doing. It's, it's like they're part of a, a cult, uh, a pro-vax cult, where they turn off their brains, throw away science, and just simply want to control and specifically be engaged in hostility and purging of people of faith and employees of faith. It's so blatant. And the good news is we have thousands and thousands that we're representing all across the country. We have a class action against the city of San Francisco, a thousand employees, Bay Area Rapid Transit, over a thousand employees. Uh, these are just separate lawsuits. And uh, we have these kinds of cases all over the country more than any other organization of our kind, and we're making a huge impact, and we, we're doing this work without charge. Now, there, there's a 1905 U.S. Supreme Court case that upheld mandatory vax for something that was smallpox. I don't remember what the disease was. Yeah. And absolutely. there was the, the Massachusetts law imposed a $5 fine. Now, certainly in 1905, maybe I don't know what the average wage was, whether it was a dollar an hour, a dollar a day, whatever. $5 was more money, but not the greatest penalty, and they, they have they upheld the upheld that, and I don't think that case has been revisited. No, it it, it has it's been attempted, and the courts have looked at it, but uh, there's been some distinctions. You know, for example, back then, what they were facing was a virus that was much more massive than the fatalities of the uh, the COVID nineteen virus. Uh, first off, second, um, it attacked everyone everywhere, children, babies. I mean, it was just. It was universally attacked everyone. Uh, the COVID-19 was actually, we could early on, we could identify who was at high risk, who was not at high risk. And unfortunately, we did not look at the science objectively. We could have created a herd immunity very easily by a recommended quarantine of those at high risk and allowing children in schools, and et cetera, uh, to go ahead and get what was going to be inevitably spread to them anyway. And uh, you know, the younger people under the age of 40, um, you know, under the age of 50, uh, people, uh, you know, work um, and spread it. They do not have high risk, creating a herd immunity, which would have actually saved many, many lives. Um, I'm hoping that we've learned from, from that huge mistake moving forward. But uh, that case is very distinguishable. And I, I believe that we have a Supreme Court now, thanks to the appointments of former President Donald Trump, uh, that will give that uh, case the proper scrutiny. Uh, moving forward and not be afraid to distinguish it from other fact patterns uh, and other uh, areas of varying degree of compelling interest or lack thereof. Let's take a pause here and hear from Ed Hoffman of United America Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now 
and lower all your payments. Then when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots, Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. And again, we had a great Unite IE conference. And if you, if you, if you didn't catch it, uh, you can find it on YouTube if you search for Unite IE Conference 2023. And there were some great speakers, Pastor Jack Hibbs, economist Stephen Moore, uh, Larry Elder's replacement, Brandon Tatum. I was very very favorably impressed with him. Very pleased this week to have on the show with us Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute, where they defend religious freedom, parental rights, and other civil liberties free of charge to their clients. And they do great, great work in their website at pacificjustice.org or pji.org. has great information for churches and parents and families and businesses. Um. I'm going to turn it back to you, Brad, and what are some of your favorite cases or leading cases that you have won or you think are important for us to know about? Certainly. Going back to the vaccines, we've, I want to mention that we, you know, we defended uh, and prevented a lot of children from being forced to be vaxxed in Contra Costa School District in Northern California. Uh, they were going to have all the kids vaxxed, and we went into court and we got it halted and we protected hundreds of children, uh, precious children, from being injected with something that we now know, unfortunately, does have um, potential serious ramifications long-term that's uh, coming to the surface, uh, even for uh, dealing with children and children issues, uh, health issues. So that was a wonderful victory. We also um, defended, um, on behalf of about 11,000 parents in Palm Beach, Florida, uh, who were told their kids have to wear a mask um, or they are expelled, and there's no there's no choice. They have to wear a mask. We went into court. Our attorney there, uh, Alexander Bumbu, did a great job out of our Miami office, and uh, we won. We bottom line, we prevailed, and we got all of them uh, to not have to wear a mask uh, moving forward. Masks are are not healthy for our long term usage, uh, mentally, emotionally, develop for developmental purposes. Uh, we know that it's clear, and and yet we still have entities trying to trying to push it. Uh, we even have commercials still trying to push it, uh, and it's uh, it's most unfortunate. Uh, but we also see another chapter I'd like to talk about, and that is dealing with uh, social workers taking children from families uh, simply because of the religious and specifically Christian or Orthodox Jewish beliefs of their family. Uh, we had a case like that here in Southern California you know, involving um, a couple. They had adopted three children. Um, two of them were still pre-puberty. One of them was an, a teenager, kept running away from home, had a lot of issues uh, in, the, in, in their past, and, uh, and I can't get into, but uh, was uh, in a, a runaway, runaway, was in a, a medical institution, and claimed that they wanted to change their gender and said that their parents were not affirming it. Uh, so the social worker, and many social workers are avid uh, LGBTQ activists and into the lifestyles themselves, and this social worker says, oh, well, those other two children, children, um, maybe they're at risk from these, these dangerous parents who have Christian beliefs. Uh, what if those children feel like they uh, want to change their gender or, or have gender identities for you and um, want to transgender or, or want to sexually experiment with the same sex? Oh, we, we've got to intervene and protect these children from these dangerous Christian parents. That's what the case was about. There was no, other, no evidence of anything else. That was it. And... Uh, these parents were about to lose these two precious children they'd adopt simply because of their Christian faith and beliefs and practices. So we were contacted. We got a psychologist into the, into the case before the children were taken, did a full assessment, submitted before the court. We had a court trial, a court hearing on this. And uh, lo and behold, they were not successful. And the judge surprisingly ruled in favor of our clients to be able to keep their children and not allow these zealous dangerous social workers, child protective services, to claim more victims 
all for the sake of getting $8,000 per head from the federal government for every child they take. Uh, and that's what we've, we're facing in, across the country, and that's why we at Pacific Justice are working for legislative reform uh, in states all across the country to give greater due process protection. Unfortunately, though, this is what we're seeing in California and many other, particularly blue states, social workers, zealous, delusional in their LGBTQ mania, uh, cultic thinking, uh, wanting to take children from Christian families, seeing Christian families as dangerous. And that's just another reason why public schools are all the more dangerous, because that is often what tips them off is one child talking to a teacher or a teacher over hearing a child's confusion or issues, uh, reporting the school counselor, school counselor goes to a social worker, and the, the nightmare begins. So if parents want to protect their children from this, uh, first thing I would encourage them to go to our website and download a very important article called 12 Steps to Protect Your Children from CPS, or Child Protective Services, or Social Workers. It's called 12 Steps to Protect Your Children. Download that from our website. It's, for, it's free. Uh, it's at pji.org, P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute.org. We have saved thousands. We at Pacific Justice Institute have saved thousands of children being wrongfully taken from wonderful families and then victimized, would potentially victimized later on. We've saved those kids. And I encourage parents, if you're out there, every family should have this. If the social worker calls you or knocks on the door, it's too late. Uh, almost always it's too late. Uh, you need to have that, that information. It's on hand and it's without charge, free on our website, pji.org. And I stress it because I see the casualties. The risk is very widespread. Over 22,000 children have been taken in California uh, since I last checked and given to uh, uh, LGBTQ couples just in California alone. So that's how real the risk is. And parents need to uh, get involved and, and make a difference and save their kids. Mm -hmm. we, had, we had a uh, few weeks ago, uh, fellow attorney, Erin Friday, I've, you know, know her. She's involved in this cause. And she had she experienced that same thing. Her daughter got got into that transgender ideology in school, and one day CPS shows up at the door, and uh, she talked to him, but she didn't. She did not let them into the house. And uh, if you if you if you would concur in that vice, and that followed a two year odyssey of really trying to hang on to her child and turn her child back from that ideology, and she was successful, is now devoting herself to. Helping, helping other children, but yeah, you're, you're, it also shows don't put your children in the government-run schools. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I'd love to make contact with her sometime uh, and share notes, but uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, it, it's, public schools are, are very dangerous, and one thing that we uh, pushed out to help parents have an alternative are what's called uh, church homeschool co-ops. People can get information on our website, pji.org. Uh, on how, you know, they can have their church start like a, not a private school. I understand some churches don't want to start a private school, but it's easy to start a church homeschool co-op. And we at PJI will help work them through any kind of questions they have, uh, as well as uh, lead them to different models of, of ways of, of doing that. Great proactive thing that we can do for those who are still in the state of California, um, who can't leave for whatever reason. Um, partly maybe because they, they, they want to make a difference here in California. Whatever the reason they're here, uh, they, this is an option that many of them can look at if they still have their children in public schools. Uh, what else are you working on that uh, you'd like to tell us about? Yeah, uh, we're also defending a, a preschool, a private preschool down in uh, San Diego County that was shut down. And one of the reasons is the state law in California says if you're, you're licensed to be a private pre a preschool, even if you're a church-owned and operated preschool, you can't proselytize the kids. Um, they little little toddlers, you can't force them to sing a religious song or hear a Bible story. Uh, we're defending that preschool. It's going to be a great case, I think, moving forward. It's uh, very important. We're also defending a number of teachers and other people across the country being forced to use pronouns that violate their conscience, particularly when it comes to children. We have cases like this all over the country, Michigan, Oregon, everywhere. Um, this is going to be a major battle that we're convinced is going to go to the Supreme Court. And we at Pacific Justice stand ready to take these cases and make take full advantage of the, of the Supreme Court that we presently do have, uh, which we're very grateful uh, for the uh, former president, uh, Donald Trump, making possible. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, they often do these things. They, they attack, they, because you have to go to the burden of defending yourself. They say, well, yeah, you're a private religious preschool. You can't teach, you can't teach religion. Blatantly unconstitutional, but they do it. They, taxpayers pay for their side of their lawyer and you put the church, which may not have the resources to the burden of defending themselves or the parents to the burden of defending themselves and, for all the cases that you bring, there's probably a lot of others where the church or the parents have knuckled under. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's often because they don't know their rights um, and they don't know, um, you know, what uh, what they can do under the law. And they also often don't know about us. They may have called a legal group that, you know, tried to do a bait and switch and say, oh, yeah, oh, you're, you're, you're how wealthy? Oh, well, we'll charge you $10,000. Uh, we don't do that at PJI. Um, or another group that says, oh, well, we're just looking for just a few high-profile cases that look great in the newsletter um, or, or get us to this, get, you know, get me to the Supreme Court. We don't do that either. Uh, we work hard to make sure that everyone gets help, that no one's left to the side of the road. We have the biggest footprint of any organization in the country. No one has as many offices that we have all across the country, uh, not just cherry-picking cases, doing it without charge, um, and as broad as we are, defending religious freedom, parents' rights, sanctity of life. So... Once again, I just want to encourage people, stay updated, be informed of what's going on. If you're listening to this show, that means you care. If you care, be updated, know your rights, and I encourage you to go to our website, pji.org. also encourage you to support this, this radio program. Uh, what they're doing here uh, is so, uh, so important, and, um, and I, I encourage people to, uh, to uh, get behind stations and, and programs like this that are really getting the truth out there. Thank you, Brian. That's all the time we have. And thank you for being on the show and your great work. You are literally and figuratively doing the Lord's work. Tune in next week for another exciting edition. Unite, IE Radio. AM 590, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.